London is not just some city. Its spirit stands outside of time. Certain places have influenced its citizens. It is not only a setting, but a presence, a character in various films, novels and poems. My name is Philip Röttgers and I search for London's spirit. I think there are two particular ways to explore the powerful and mysterious place that is London, through literature and through walking. Follow me into a secret world. Follow me to London beyond time and place. In this series I will explore its spirit by walking the city and talking to London enthusiasts. I invite you to join me. Together we will discover London beyond time and place. This is Talks Beyond Time and Place. Hello everybody to Talks Beyond Time and Place. My name is Philip Röttgers and my guest today is Harry Hickmore. Welcome, Harry. I hope I said that right. I hope I pronounced it correctly. You did. You're perfect. Thank Great. you. Thank, Thank you for having me. Uh, I have to apologize in advance for some strange noises because we've had some heavy snow here in Germany these last few days and uh, today the sun is out and it's all coming off uh, the roof. So if there's some thunder-like noise uh, in the background, that's just snow coming, coming off the roof. So, yeah. Okay, uh, as I said, my guest today is Harry Hickmore and Harry is Head of Development and Communications at Wilton's Music Hall. And I'm very happy to have you here today, Harry. Uh, today's talk will be all about Wilton's and its history. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Wilton's Music Hall can be found in Grace's Alley off Cable Street in um, Whitechapel. Is it Whitechapel? Is it Shetwell? Where do you consider yourself to, to Ooh, be? <laughs> that is a very good question. So we, we, I, we, we straddle both of yeah. those um, beautiful boroughs. So yeah. um, uh, I think technically we're Shadwell. Okay. But Uh, you know, if um, if it's the right time of the month, we might say we're <laughs> in Whitechapel. So either Great. you're fine with. Great. Well, let, let's just uh, say Tower Hamlets. I think we, we cover everything with that. So, that as yeah. well. So, um, Wilton's Music Hall is believed to be the oldest surviving music hall in Europe, I think. And uh, it was built in the, in the 1740s. As an ale house first, and then uh, in the 18 in 1839, a concert room was built behind the bar, and that was greatly enlarged by the new owner John Wilton, who opened it in uh, in 1859 as a music hall, where all the great Victorian artists uh, performed. And it has not always been a music hall uh, since then. And Harry and I will dig deeper into the history of of Wilton's throughout our conversation, but. My first question to Harry is, uh, how long have you been part of the team at Wilton's? Um, well, not since 1859. Um, oh, that would, I... be, that would have been an interesting <laughs> talk then. <laughs> um, so I've, I've worked at Wilton's since 2018. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, and it's interesting because before I worked at Wilton's, um, I worked at the London Coliseum, which is another great... Yeah. Um, um, hall of yeah. variety, or it was built as such in the early 20th century. I used to work um, at English National Opera, which was um, its home was at the London Coliseum. So I went from one variety hall to yeah. another. Very yeah. different. But um, so, yes, I've been there since 2018. Philip. Great. Is there anything anything particular particular that drew you to Wilton's Music Hall? I mean, that's, yeah, that's private. You just have to let no, me know. No, I'm going to edit this part out then. But no, yeah. no, no. Um, look, Wilton's, as you beautifully explained, has this uh, incredible, potted, uh, magnificent, um, dramatic history. Right. And yeah. I was drawn to all of that, and it is this extraordinary irreplaceable unique building um it is what the world's oldest surviving grand musical and um uh, that's that's the terminology that we we go for yeah and it has an amazing atmosphere and presence and i remember i had been going to see shows there before i joined as an employee mm -hmm. and you go in and you sort of can't believe it's still standing 
Right. Uh, yes. It feels just it's it's not I don't like the word decaying, but it has all of these layers of history yeah. that are on the walls. From the very moment you walk in the front door through the old concert room, the old Prince of Denmark's mahogany bar, to the music hall itself, uh, John Wilton's beautiful structure. And it just has such a character. Right. And I joined at a time when the artistic programme was really expanding and we had everyone from indeed English National Opera to a new play by one of this country's leading playwrights to uh, ballet boys from an amazing yeah. ballet company in London. We just had so much incredible pro, well, there was so much incredible programming going on there in this incredible space with all this amazing history that my job is to fundraise, sell tickets, to communicate what we're doing to audiences. Yeah. It was a sort like, of perfect opportunity <laughs> Because there's so much material right. um, in the building, so so that's why I I ended up moving, and I've I've been there ever since. Yeah, I, I really understand what you mean and what you feel because when I I was there one or two times, or maybe more often, I don't know. But the first time I was I walked in there, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is great, this is awesome. At this this strange uh, this same kind of of, uh, of feeling. So. Um, You already mentioned John Wilton, I already, already mentioned him, and he was basically the founder of Wilton's Music Hall because it is still named after him to this day. So who was John Wilton? Who was John Wilton? That's a fantastic question. Um, if only <laughs> we had more information, if only he was around to tell us about um, the amazing, extraordinary things he did for that bit of London and indeed for entertainment in that bit of London yeah. back in the 1850s and 60s. Wilton's is really interesting because before John Wilton arrived on the scene, um, it had a concert room yeah. and this concert room was somewhere that was used and it was busy, but the previous owners to John Wilton couldn't really balance the books. They couldn't make it work financially. Um, back in uh, the 1840s, from 1843, if you were a place where you put on entertainment, you either had to decide whether you were going to do um, proper stage plays, and um, if you did that, you weren't able to sell alcohol and make money from alcohol, or you could do what um, John Wilton decided to do, and Uh, build a theatre where you put on light, mm -hmm. inverted commas, entertainment, but you'd also have people serving drinks. And that's actually more uh, the sort of atmosphere you get in every theatre, in my right. opinion, nowadays. So John Wilton was a bit of a visionary, um, but yeah, he was amazing. And he had this incredible wife called Ellen who helped him out with everything. She was the real backbone of the business. And they, yes, decided... Um, in 1853 to build a musical and they built one and um, because it was so popular they um, knocked it down and built a bigger one both of these um, at the back of mm -hmm. the four houses um, off Grace's Alley uh, that make up the front of Wilton's that John Wilton gradually acquired um, and and yes from 1859 it was March 1859 when the building, the space opened, um, it very quickly became um, one of the leading musicals. And there were hundreds of musicals yes. across London at the time. People were surprised by that fact now because you find so few yeah. because they were bombed or repurposed. Um, but actually, Wilson's was one of many, but still it managed to draw in this extraordinary um, roster of artists, everyone from acrobats like Madame Senya and George Laybourne, of course, very famous yeah. musical variety performer. And that was because John Wilton There was really... Champagne, Champagne Charlie, right? There was... Uh, yeah, Wilson. indeed. Yeah. Um, that's, that was, yes, it was indeed. And we have a Champagne Charlie room now yes. at um, Wilson's. But yeah, so John Wilton just um, built up a reputation and it was one of the 
places where people knew they were going to have a good time and that's so important now as it was back in the 1850s and 60s right so so yes he was a real real trailblazer yeah interesting yeah you already um, basically mentioned it it was uh, uh, it was not always a music hall and then there were different stages of, of building the the music hall and, and the whole uh, complex so it started as a bar then the concert room was added and it, can can you tell us a, a bit about the various stages of, of building even up until today Oh God, until, well, this is the thing. This is the interesting thing about Wilton's. It's had such a potted history. Um, the buildings that were sort of its foundation were actually built in 1690. So the Grace's Alley was for much of the um, 18th century, um, a, a shopping street. You know, there was everything from um, uh, a butcher to a baker, a cheesemonger, a jeweler, a barrel maker, a perfumer. Wow. It was a real sort of hub. And <laughs> um, uh, gradually, numbers one, two, three, and four were acquired in the end by John Wilson. But prior to that, people like Matthew Eltham. Um, and, and yes, it sort of gradually became a place of entertainment and it was uh, a music hall until 1881 at which point it was sold to uh, a Methodist mission um, and it was actually retained as a Methodist mission until after the Second World War so it was actually a Methodist mission longer yeah. than it was a music hall so it is quite strange that it had a very fleeting history really as a musical but that spirit be it of um of variety of performance of shelter of refuge um that really stuck with it and yeah. uh, through the 1920s uh, it's also moonlighted i suppose as an ethiopian working men's club um you mentioned cable street philip in your introduction Wilton's was um, a refuge for anti-fascists right. during the Battle of Cable Street in 1936. It was also an air raid shelter. Um, it has really gone through many different stages and actually that post-war moment was a really important moment for it as a building mm -hmm. because it's the area around the hall was um, destroyed the land was erased we have these amazing photos um, of the area of Wilton's after the second world war and it is a bomb site and then standing in the middle is Wilton's the four houses of Grace Sally and a few um, sort of broken walls around it so it's a real um, stroke of luck a miracle right. that Wilton still stands and actually after the war it had a really tough um, time deciding what it wanted to be if you want to um, uh, personalize it yeah. and it was uh, it became a rag warehouse uh, a cotton mill and and then in the 70s and the 80s various theatrical figures um, started nosing around I suppose if you like it and you had people like um, John Betchman, Laurence Olivier, um, uh, Liza Minnelli, yeah. Ian McKellen, uh, he's still alive and still lives in the area, Right, yeah. started getting involved and started trying to um, convince people that this was a building now derelict that was worth saving um, and it would actually take um, until 2011 for the various fundraising campaigns to bear fruit mm. and it was at that point that enough money was raised to actually um, begin a proper what was four-year conservation and restoration of the building that took four million quid and yeah. um, uh, two million pounds of which was from Heritage Lottery Fund, the other two million pounds from uh, 
people who were wealthy and really loved the building. And yes, and then it reopened, trying to incorporate all of the history, both in the architecture. So one of the extraordinary things about Wilton is that it isn't um, uh, restored necessarily. Mm. It was just um, that moment in time, all of the crumbling walls were conserved. And we said, this is how Wilson's is going to look. And, yeah. and we're going to preserve all of these layers of history. And yes, in 2015, um, the building reopened. And since then, we've been building it up in terms of being a space for extraordinary theatre and music. And somewhere where, well, before the pandemic, um, over 70,000 people would visit us each year. Yeah. So, um, yes, it really has had an extraordinary history. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but I think it's important to, to keep these layers of history uh, in the building itself, because this is what we have had in the beginning. This is what creates this atmosphere. And uh, are there any original features still there from the from the 19th century? I, I think there are probably. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there are sort of pride and joy. As you go into the auditorium, <laughs> um, there are these cast iron barley twists, mm -hmm. which are, uh, well, I suppose they're about 10 foot high and they hold up the balcony. Um, and they were part of the original structure in 1859. Wilton's actually was um, quite badly damaged in a fire in 1877, and lots of the original, uh, I suppose, plaster work was ripped out. But these amazing cast iron barley twists, um, the fire couldn't penetrate them, mm. and they stand tall. Um, and they were the foundations upon which John Wilton was able to rebuild the theatre in exactly the same way um, as it had been originally built. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the barley twists are really special and they're very, um, very unique for a theatre to have. Uh, and actually we have some seats um, where you're sort of sat behind a barley twist. And usually if you have an obstructed view in the theatre, you get a bit annoyed and you might have to um, right. put the price down on those seats or something but I always say you know it's a privilege to sit behind those barley twists they are yes. pieces of history yes so so yes and you know the external brickwork all of that is original I think that's what people love about it right yeah do you know what what the first performance ever was at Wilton's so Ooh. well it was um <laughs> yes no no well it was an evening of variety. Mm -hmm. And most of the um, performances at Wilton's um, in the 1850s, the 1860s, the 1870s, uh, they would have been sort of quite long evenings of various acts um, performing. So yes, we do have um, the opening night roll call right. and everyone I can't remember the names for my shame but it's you know people like George Laybourne lots of singers acrobatic acts cabaret burlesque dancers were on the roster on the opening night it really was I think that's actually partly why the hall became quite popular and well known immediately yeah was that it did have this sort of fanfare of an opening night and it did get reported upon quite a lot in the press. So we still have um, some lovely archive materials, some newspaper cuttings from the day after talking about this, this new hall and right. this the potential for raucous entertainment and all of that. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, a very fun opening night was happening. Yeah. I would have loved to have been there. So <laughs> would have been very... Very interesting, very nice. And uh, yeah, it's, it's also interesting what, what we've also basically just said a bit, the, this, uh, this, I like this idea of, of the, there's a spirit of place at certain sites, you know, in certain sites inhibit a, a certain spirit and, and the spirit of Grace's Alley or Wilton's seems to be one 
of entertainment. I mean, even if it was a Methodist uh, mission in between and a warehouse, then, you know, it, it always came back. It started as an, as an ale house and then it became, in the end, it became the music hall again. I think this is an, just, there seems to be something at this side. So do you know uh, why it became a Methodist mission? For, for since no, I think it was very, very simple in that um, in 1881, the owners who weren't at that point, John and Ellen Wilton, um, they were new owners, they had got to a point where um, music hall and variety wasn't having the same uh, popularity as it had enjoyed earlier on mm. in the century. Uh, they, the owners at that time, put it down to the um, the exodus of sailors from the area. So lots of those punters who were propping up the place um, and enjoying it most nights mm. had left the area. The area was changing, and indeed, the area had a really strong Methodist um, following and population. So it went on sale, and um, a Methodist mission decided to purchase it and it was it's quite it's actually from 1881 to about 1888 that period in Wilson's history that early Methodist period is really um the few years that we know least about it's actually very interesting yeah uh, and then we have more we have loads of material actually from later on in the Methodists um residence if you like there uh we have all the sermons from that period in our archive but yes the sort of the reason why they picked wilton's i think that was perhaps just that a building right. was up for sale that would uh, you know that you could have a congregation in there yeah um, yeah sure so so yes yeah an interesting a little bit of our history definitely yeah but only I think it's interesting. I, I never really thought about it that, that it was uh, for a long time. It was a mission and it was a music hall. Never, never really thought about mm -hmm. it. That's that's really interesting. So, um, which which stars have been playing at Wilton's from back then up to now? I think you've had some some stars, basically recent stars, <laughs> also on stage. Yes, it, we've been a concert venue to um, Kate Bush and uh brian ferry we had the sort of a landmark moment uh in wilton's theatrical history was in 1997 when uh, um a director quite an eminent director called deborah warner mm -hmm. put on a production of t.s Eliot's uh, the wasteland and it was a production starring fiona shaw sure. now Again, very, very famous award-winning British actress. And this was, this story is told so many times. Um, I, I feel like so many people saw that production that it feels like I was there. Um, but <laughs> in 1997, the hall was still very derelict. And Deborah Warner and Fiona Shaw said, no, we want to do this at Wilton's. We will do it. We want to do it in winter. And at that point, Wilton's didn't really have any central heating system. And there were also very large gaping holes in the roof. So it was like being outside. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, you know, it was at that point a crumbling building. And um, if you look at the, the press reviews from that production, aside from the praise that Fiona Shaw and Deborah Warner get for mm. their, their production of the wasteland. Uh, the thing that you take away is, 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 the, is the temperature in the hall that night and the dust. Um, and I think on the posters for the production, uh, punters audiences were advised to bring um, hats and scarves. Yeah, yeah. The critics went one step further and said, you know what, you need to bring hard hats as well. Um, because, again, we have um, board members still who were there on the night, oh, yeah. you know, that do recount the dust and the debris. So, uh, but it was a moment and lots of people remember it and it really um, accelerated the 
the halls regeneration and accelerated the amount of interest yeah. that was generated around it and 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 yes and since then you know we have, have gradually enticed more and more yeah. um theater and music stars to, to join us yeah. so yes must have been there must have been an interesting performance to see in, under these circumstances uh Yeah, but as you say, many people remember that, so it must have it was it's still in their minds. It must have been yes, made and we have quite an impact. Um, no, we have. We're talking about that being a memorable performance. Indeed, we have these photos of it. I think the thing that most strikes me is that Fiona Shaw was only wearing a t-shirt for it. I was it. just wondering. It must have yeah. been absolutely freezing, poor thing. Um, uh, so, so I think yes, I think it was memorable for many many reasons yeah but i think she, she was probably when when she was acting and when she was on stage she, she didn't feel the cold i don't think you feel the cold then it's just in in the in the moment yeah so uh what, what would you say if if one can answer this question um i mean how culturally important were the, the music halls for london and for london's history in general i mean you said there were so many and uh Wilton was also important for uh, Wilton's was also important for the area. So, so what would you say? Why were they so popular and important? Well, look, I sort of compare it. They they were like a what the TV and mm. the pub is to Londoners in the 21st century. Yeah, you know, it was the it was the popular entertainment of the day. It's sometimes very difficult for people to imagine that actually the way that the only way you got entertainment really um, because there weren't um, TVs or radios inside the home you know you went out to these music halls to 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 be entertained yeah. so it really they really were of absolute utmost cultural importance and at that point yes they we did have um the royal opera house had just been uh built and the west end theaters were beginning to mm. um, be built but actually um music halls really predate lots of those theaters concert halls yeah. opera houses They, they were sort of everything. And it wasn't just, what's interesting, we have these amazing um, sketches of the hall with people and artists and acts um, inside mm -hmm. the auditorium. And the, the spread, I suppose, of audience is really interesting. You have everyone from um, sailors and local men and women to men in top hats yeah. who have probably come from the west end to the east end for a bit of um party entertainment <laughs> so so yes they really were these sort of um social melting pots and cultural melting pots and yes actually musical song and comedy infused entertainment For, for a very long time, yeah. you know, if you think some of the comic acts of, especially the late 20th century, your Victoria Woods, your Morecambe and Wises, they really took a lot of their inspiration from your George Laybourne's. Right. And yeah. so I think, I think we have a lot to thank music halls for. And I do, it is a shame, I think, that there's not that much of an audience for music hall variety entertainment anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's why, you know, what we do at Wilton's, we repurpose that spirit of variety in more uh, modern applicable forms like music, ballet, theater, opera. So it's, yes, it's, it's, I think we have a lot to thank music halls for. Yes, definitely. I think so too. And it, it's also a bit of um, uh, identification. I think these songs, they, 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 somewhere I read, and I think it's quite 
appropriate to say that these songs were the, the true songs of London. You know, they 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 kind of de defined a bit what a Cockney is, maybe uh, or modern Cockney back then, and, and what we believe to be typical, typically Cockney. And they also reflected the the living conditions a bit in in in, in some you know in the audiences and maybe also in in the comic in the sketches and and in, the, in these things and it was of course a uh, it, it helped people out of the monotony of, of of their everyday life especially back then so yeah it's uh, it i would sometimes do you still kind of perform these old long, uh, music hall tunes and songs some sometimes at, at Woolies today yes no they, they, of course they're still part of our program we have the most amazing um uh performer called Tom Carradine who does uh, a cockney sing-along yeah and it is it, it always sells out immediately yeah um, uh, so so yes there's definitely still an audience for it and we've had um, acts still who draw upon music hall so 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 yes it's it's always going to be a part of our program yeah interesting but it's it's interesting that pe that it's sold out my people are still interested in this kind of program and i i would go to to see one of these too yeah sure and it, it, yeah this is um maybe also I, I read somewhere that in especially in the east end or the the most um, music halls could could be found in the east end compared to other parts of london so um, i found this this quite interesting too that theater is a, a part of of the east end's identity and also was very important for 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 the area i mean yeah as i said wilton's for for the area of around cable street and this is this is just interesting to see uh the the history of a, of a place and to see how what is important and and what recurring topics uh, uh appear there so what what uh what is the difference between uh, uh like a visit to wilton's today than to the 18 to the or to the 19th century <laughs> Are well, there similarities? Wish, Are there differences? What? I wish we were allowed to um, uh, maybe simulate the kind of experience you would have got in the 19th century. <laughs> um, let's, you know, let's be frank. Wilton's was a place of raucous entertainment. Yeah. I think one of the joys that we have now is um, the walls and our building give this sense of all the extraordinary things that will have happened yeah, yeah. in that building in that with that atmosphere um so to give some sense of the scale of the building nowadays uh, the max capacity we can have seated is around about 360 people okay yeah so every night in the 1850s and 60s um uh, there would have been over a thousand people in that same space. Okay, yeah. And some of them still seated. So what that meant was that it was densely populated, to put it uh, lightly. <laughs> there would have been areas that would have been, um, yeah, full of people uh, having a great time, drinking, yeah. socializing. It really was, it was, yeah, it would have been the absolute epicenter of entertainment and social life for adults yeah. at that time. So, um, so yes, I sometimes think it would have been a bit like a club in a way. Probably, um, yeah. Actually, yes, we in 2019 we did run a club night um, at Wilton's as a one-off. So we, I suppose, there was a bit of that. But <laughs> yes, and um, it would have people would have perhaps come in and out of the theatre a bit more. They were perhaps, I don't, I think we're still a relaxed uh, building, mm. but um, there was definitely more of a, a sense of it being a public house. Right, yeah. Um, back then it was very, yeah, it really was, it was a sociable place. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. So, uh, what kind of audiences do you have today? Maybe also in comparison to back then, if you can compare that. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I would, have, I would have loved to be able to talk to the people that used to go in the 19th yeah. century. Um, our audience today is um, near, yeah, really uh, eclectic. We have quite a strong uh, local 
audience um mm -hmm. uh, around about 10 to 20 percent of our audience come from the immediate local area mm -hmm. um and otherwise yeah very london centric and also of course you get day trippers again before covid so so yes and a whole gamut of ages really we have everyone from um eight nine-year-olds coming to see our christmas show to your um 80 90 year old um uh, coming to see their favorite bit of theater or ballet or yeah. whatever it is yeah. so it's a real look it's, it's a real mix and definitely what people say about coming to wilton's is that it it doesn't discriminate it's a very open space yeah. and it's very relaxed and you don't you know you're not out of place if you come in uh, a suit and tie you're not out of place if you come in uh, a t-shirt and short yeah right so uh, and that's something we're really proud of yes that's lovely sure i back then i was wondering were women allowed to to come to the music halls yes they were yes yeah um uh, they i'm not sure no i think they they could have yes they would have come on their own accord at times they might have come as guests but again the depictions of the hall that we have at Wilton's in our archive mm -hmm. um, show that, uh, yes, women were um, uh, definitely a part of our audience. Yeah, great. So you already mentioned a bit of, of the um, of, of what you put on stage today. So, so how do you plan your own productions? I mean, there's plays and theater and, and music and uh, rock shows, as you said. So how do you plan these? The, the production, or how do you plan it? Yeah, so we have about um, 80 productions, 80 different productions a year, and that amounts to about 400 performances. Again, this is a whole in a dreamland where there's not coronavirus going around. Right. Let's just um, pretend it's uh, it's not there right now. If, if, if it was only, if, if only. Um, <laughs> So, so yes, on, how does that program get put together? Well, I suppose we split it up into autumn, spring and summer. Mm -hmm. And we take a bit of a break in, um, in August. We have lots of weddings at that time. Wilson's a very renowned wedding venue as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we, we basically work with lots of production companies, be they theatre or music. Um, and... A lot of people want to work at Wilton's because it's a really extraordinary space and we often are part of tours so mm -hmm. a, a play might have been in um, Oxford and then it might have moved to Newcastle and then it might have its London run at Wilton's we do lots of that um, and yes I think any there has to be a sense of um, magic about yeah. a production to really yeah. work at Wilton's. That's definitely what we look for. Uh, and, and, and yes, and all, all of the, all of the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and we also have our own, we do our own Christmas show every year as well. Okay. Which is now very, very, very well renowned. Um, and, um, yeah, it's sort of one of the, uh, most well-known places to come and see a Christmas show in, in the country. So, so yes, it's, it's a very complex sort of, um, jigsaw yeah. programming, but we, we get there in the end. Yeah, sure. Um, Wilton's was also used as a location for, for several films. Uh, I've, I've read that like interview for, uh, with a vampire and, and one of the Sherlock Holmes movies, I think with Robert Downey Jr. And, and Jude Law. So, and, and also for music videos, like. Frankie goes to Hollywood, I think. So that's the one. That's the one. Right. Can you tell us a bit about that? How, how why and how these things happen? Yeah, so um a lot of them were filmed in the 80s and 90s when the building was just sort of um getting back up on its feet, I mm. suppose, again. So so yes, we Wilton's was often used as a venue for filming at that time, especially before. The millennium yeah was really um crumbling falling down so it was places that location scouts liked for that sort of sure thing. 
Yeah. Um, we have also this uh, another amazing example of it being used in a film was um, it was used for the 1990 film The Craze mm-hmm. about the Cray twins, yeah. two notorious gangsters in East London, and actually the whole hall as part of it. This would not be allowed to happen today. The whole hall was painted red. Ooh. All painted red. Um, so it would look like well, it was the scene of the Regency Club, which yes. is where they went okay. to do their business. So there's this yeah. scene in the film in this deep blood, almost red room. And that is Wilton's. Again, that is, it's grade two star listed now. So that's not allowed. But yeah. <laughs> um, you still actually have the bits of red from okay. it coming through, as I've said, in the, you know, how we, we, the hall was painted over many, many times, the final colour being a blue in the noughties. Um, and that, then it sort of crumbled. So it leaves these flecks of red and brown <laughs> and blue and all of that. Well, so yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. We, but again, we wouldn't, we wouldn't let um, any production company do the same again. In more recent times, we've had films like um, The Danish Girl and um, The Su- uh, Suffragettes, which was the 2015 mm-hmm. film, yeah. be filmed there. Um, and actually very um, timely because one thing we have been doing whilst we've been closed to the public during the pandemic um, is that we have been uh, renting space for film and TV production. Oh, yeah. So actually we have a, a major um, uh, motion picture coming in in a few weeks time with um, three extremely high profile actors that they're going to shoot a scene at Wilton's. Um, and, you know, that will probably take about five days or there'll be a few days of prep um, and then one day of filming and then maybe one day of winding yeah. down. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we still like to um, offer ourselves up for film and TV production higher sure. now, if we have the time. Yeah, remain. Yeah, that's. But right now, it's is a is a good time <laughs> for for things. Yes, like you, you're yeah. gonna have to tell us once it is official what film it was and which actors. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting. But we're not gonna mention it. You won't tell me, and so there's gonna be no problem. So yeah, right, right. yeah, that's interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Uh, you also you already mentioned a bit like like some uh, of the the surprising facts and and the the interesting performances like the one with Fiona Shaw. So I was I thought about asking like what was was a very surprising fact that you've learned or the strangest story that you've heard, but probably these they were they were already mentioned. So uh, but if you have another one, let oh me no, know. I'm now racking my brains, Philip. Yes, we've. Well, yeah. The history of Wilton's is a history of strange and interesting stories. Yeah. I think. Hmm. I it don't no matter if you if you can't think of anything. We've already had that. I've given I've given you all my material. That's the thing. Um, uh, yes, it's. I think I I love that. In a way, I love that we had this bit of our history where we were a refuge yeah. and a shelter. Yeah. You know, it's not something we often think about Wilton's being a place of variety and entertainment. Um, but actually, it was also a place, the East End is a place where um, immigrants and people who were a bit hard up would come mm. to settle, you know, and we still try and embody that in the sort of welcoming nature of Wilton. Yeah. So actually for me, when I joined the most, yeah, surprising thing, honestly, was all of the little nuggets of history yes. that together um, have built this building and this organization that it is today. Yes. So uh, it's, yeah, it's very thrilling working for somewhere where every day you see a new bit of, material that tells you something new yeah. that is new to you uh, about the place where you're working yeah 
I think it's interesting, as you just just mentioned the craze, they, they probably knew, of course, the building and the area. And then a couple of years later, a film is being made at, the, at a location that they maybe they probably didn't go there because it was a, a mission then, but they, they knew the area. I think things like that are also quite interesting. And of course, there's this bit, but only a tiny bit of, of a connection to, to Jack the Ripper because he was <laughs> hanging around in the, in the neighborhood. But yeah, of course, when, when he was, he was uh, on the road, on the, on the streets, the Wilkins was already a, a mission. So yeah, but sometimes you get to read about Wilkins in, in, in these Ripper books and, and Ripper essays. Yeah. Are there any ghosts at Wilkins? <laughs> Yes, I, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm saying I say that with trepidation, but there are, as I'm sure you can imagine, there are numerous stories about ghost sightings. I haven't <laughs> seen a ghost, um, but yes, it can be quite spooky if you're in the building late at night. Oh um, yes, uh, yes, it can be spooky. Yes, I, I really believe that. So, um, what is the current situation like at Wilton's during the pandemic? It's been like tough. That? It's been tough. You know, we did have, like all performing arts organisations, um, you get very excited about your artistic plans. And we were very excited about lots of um, developments that were happening mm. in 2020 and 2021, back at the start of last year. Um, and yes, we've had to rethink and cancel and reschedule and all of that. So yes, it's been really tough and we have lost a lot of money, um, but Wilton's is a resilient place. Yes. <laughs> we yeah. have faced many a crisis in our long history and it, well, in, um, in England, as we get closer, however slowly, to a point where theatres can re reopen. Wilton's, we're going to reopen as soon yeah. as we're allowed. We are ready with shows, we just need to be given a date. So yeah. as soon as we can go in with socially distant audiences, we'll, yeah. we'll doors will be open again. Yeah, um, sorry, yeah. Yes, on the, on the website, it, even, there are shows on, and um, you know, they, you can see already which, which shows are planned. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to, and I hope that you can, you can reopen soon. You can open your doors soon. So I think um, you're already, you're also an independent charity. So there's no, uh, uh, you sort of survive through raising funds from donations and, and sales and things like that. So what can our viewers and listeners do to support Wilton's right now, Harry? Oh, wow. <laughs> Perfect. No, um, well, if, if anyone's got a million pounds out there and they'd like to give to Wilton's, <laughs> that would be lovely. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But, oh, yes, who knows? But also, you know, people that want to donate one pound um, or a ten pounds or a hundred pounds um, can uh, do so by going on our website and all of that money that we are raising right now is money that goes directly into um our reopening fund mm -hmm. and that will enable us to keep our amazing building um open for visitors to see and for people to um uh come and enjoy performances yeah so yes it is really a place where every single pound makes a big difference to what we're able to do right yeah and i think you still have famous supporters i think i saw a video on youtube with kate blanchett maybe that was about something else but she was also yeah asking people to to donate to wilton's i really like that so yeah you still have these famous supporters yes if you know you can be um you'll be on the same level as kate if, <laughs> if you can give us 10 pounds um no yes and we do and the, it's a place that is loved um everyone from um sir david Suchet, who many yeah. people know Barrow, who lives just down the road from wilton's and right. is extremely mm. involved and again kate blanchett 
um, highlighted Wilton's when she was interviewed by Vogue a few months ago as part of a piece about London theatres and um, and yes you know but that's the thing you can have Kate Blanchett or David Suchet enjoy Wilton's but you know so can you or me Philip right you know, yes. and we do yes yeah. we do. <laughs> great so what are the next projects and productions going to be once the doors are open again that's a really good question so <laughs> Our original plan back last summer was to reopen the building between January and March, now, basically, mm -hmm. um, with a 10-week season of, um, I suppose, uh, stripped-down shows. So plays and uh, concerts with one or two or three performers to enable social distancing both on stage and in the audience. Yes. Um, that all got moved. Um, so we're doing most of that in the summer and the autumn. And we have everyone from our favorites, like the Tiger Lilies to Camille O'Sullivan. And um, we've got amazing few new productions, a new opera um, before the end of the year. And um, an incredible ensemble who actually did work at English National Opera when I was there, who are coming. So. Yes, fingers crossed. If we if, if 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 we're in a position to be able to do that, um, but you know, as soon as we're able to reopen, we'll be back with yes. our amazing program. That's yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and so does everyone else, I think. So, um, thank you very much, Harry. It was an absolute pleasure, pleasure to have you uh, on talk beyond time and place and talk about Wilton's Music Hall. And I wish you and Wilkins all the best and you could, that you can open your doors again soon. Is there any, anything final, some, some story that you want to tell? Any, anything that I, that I forgot to ask, maybe? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm all storied out. Uh, you've, you, I, think, I think you've got all of them. Um, no, look, we're very proud <laughs> of the building and its place in the east end of London and its place in London yes. and Britain. And yes, you're right, Philip, it is about spirit of place and it's something we often think about. And um, yeah, and we've got to preserve that because as long Definitely. as humans have been around, they've wanted to be entertained. Yes. Um, and people in whatever forms will, be want, will want to be entertained. So Wilton's will, will stand as long as people want to be entertained. Yes, yes. Yeah, but you're really right. It has to be preserved. And I think you're doing a wonderful job, all of you, in doing that. It's an impressive history and impressive what you've made of it to, to this day. Yes. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good morning.